0: This is the Tea About Bees. From Nashville, Tennessee, this is Tammy Cherney along with Tatiana Tonicabani. And thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Tea About Bees, where we discuss the joys and trials of backyard beekeeping. It's Friday, March 9th, 2023. Hello, this is Tammy. And this is Tatiana. And thanks for joining us. We would really appreciate it if you would click the follow button and also leave us a five-star review it would be fantastic because this helps other beekeepers find us
1: yes we really need those because we're just starting out here and um, it helps us to get found more easily and we can help more beekeepers
0: so we have um, interesting things to talk about we have oh yeah uh, (laughs) so we had huge windstorms as As much of the country, I think, uh, experienced some of this. But here in Middle Tennessee, we had a huge storm come through. It had a lot of wind in it. And we had a lot of people who posted who had their hives um, blow over. I had one of my hives kind of tip over. I think you had a hive that (laughs) over as well. Yep. (laughs) And so now we're looking at options potential ways that we can keep this from happening in the future. But I mean, I've never had to, I've never had to deal with this issue. I mean, in the years that I've been beekeeping, I've never experienced having any of my hives uh, fall over, but I know other people have under different conditions.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, I knew from me being on the lake, um, experiencing that first tornado in Nashville, that I noticed that a lot of my wind came from the back of my home, the lake. And, um, so I, when I put my beehives, I said, Oh, that's not going to be an option because they're going to get knocked over. I'm just going to be fighting against nature. So I used my house as a windbreaker and Mm -hmm. I bought my first two hives and put them in the front. And then even when they expanded last year. But I ran out of room. I put four hives in my front yard, which it's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had three off to the side. It was that one that was closest to the lake that was super tall. It had two deep boxes, it's on a stand. And then in addition, it had two um two honey supers and then another medium that held that holds insulation. So even I had it weighted down with all these, you know, stepping stones. It got knocked over. The insulation ended up um keeping. It kind to, of held um, it together. It yeah, it held um, the the two deep. It went. It fell off the stand, but it held the two deeps and one of the mediums, and then the one other medium and the other top fell off. So bees that had been in between there, there was an area they were not happy. <laughs> um, but you know, and I wasn't going to try to light um, fire and try to smoke them because that was not going to work with that kind of wind.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, so you, you just know, ran out there and. I had been watching, I had, you know, we had it for hours and hours. I obviously have, you know, roof damage, trees that had fallen, big trees that had fallen down, luckily um, minimal damage there, but yeah, I still, I've got tarps on my roof, Roof. but with that being, but with that being said, ended up that the, um, I was kind of waiting to have to run out there. I knew that might happen. So as soon as it fell down within 10 minutes, I had caught it and um got up there and just had to skip them and shove them all back to shove everything back together i didn't put it on the stand as that was not going to be beneficial since um, we were still having I was in, that point i was in 50 mile that gust of wind was 50 miles an hour so basically it was 30 mile per hour winds that i had here that were pretty like going on for hours but then you'd get these gusts that would go mm-hmm. up to which had been recorded at 50 miles an hour
0: well they had and, some i think out at the airport that were reported as high as 70. So there were some huge gusts of wind happening.
1: Yes. But I don't know if I have the queen. I mean, if she was, if she survived that or not, that was not the time to investigate. (laughs) No. (laughs) And then, um, I was a little bit nervous to go back in right away, but you, you said, you know, you need to put it back together and see what's kind of going on. You were right. Cause they were on the ground and I thought it's never good to have the hive directly on the ground either. So I put them back up and, um, You know, again, I having to pull away, then we got into drone city, which we can talk about later, but, um, you know, a lot of cleaning was a horse. It was the first time I had to really just clean up a hive. I was like, Oh, um, and that's tough.
0: And it's tough cuz like you've got if you've got brood that's coming, you know, it's falling out and you feel yeah, you, wow. you're like you're 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 like I'm hurting my bees, but you know, you yes. have to you have to do what you have to do because it's better to deal with it now than it is to put it off and deal with it later.
1: Well, that's exact. I knew that if I didn't get things organized, um I I, I waited a day. You built up my confidence. Said, go back. You need to go back out there, Tatiana. I'm like, <laughs> okay, okay, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> um, you know, so I did. And it was, but so when I saw all of the drone, um, that she had grown all of the drones underneath every single um frame uh frame, you know, that was her spacing. So I thought, oh my goodness, that first thought, oh, they've run out of room. But that was not the case at all. There was plenty of space everywhere. So not the case. That's just where she prefers to do it. So I I get it. Um, With that being said, if I let it stay there, I was going to have major problems Mm -hmm. every time I go into the hive. So I was like, okay, let's just get it done. Let her do where she normally would do it. And so we'll see what happens. I'm going to leave the hive alone for 10 days. And then I'm going to go back there to see if I see evidence of a queen. Um, with having four boxes, I don't feel, um, it's going to be super easy to see her. If I see her great, but I'm more looking, I'm going to look for the eggs Yeah. and I'm going to look for, you know, young, young larva. Yeah. Um, and we'll see what happens and pray for the best.
0: So wait after th- uh, our weather warms back up, we're fixing to go through a pretty,
1: uh, hard a cold, cold spell,
0: I think cold snap. Yeah. 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 So I guess we'll have to wait until
1: <laughs> after the weather
0: warms up a little bit and to get back in there.
1: Yes. And so tell me, you know, well, I know you had a hive down as well. So, um, tell me your experience.
0: So the hive that I had come down is one that I've been watching. It was looking like there weren't a lot of bees coming in and out of it. So I've been Mm -hmm. a little bit concerned about it anyway. Mm -hmm. And so right after the storm, we had a couple of fairly warm days and I was like, okay, I need to go and take a, you know, that hive fell over. I looked at it when it was open and I was like, okay, there's hardly any bees in here. I very quickly, because it was at the end of the day. And I yeah, was you were pr-
1: gone during that time. You were working. I was,
0: I was working. Yeah. And so I um, briefly kind of looked and was like, okay, I don't think I see a queen, but I didn't want to spend a lot of time in it. So I just put it back together. Right and it's
1: all you can do that's
0: all you can do so I did get back into it like the day after I think right yes yes and I pulled the frames up and I do not see a queen in that hive I think my hive has gone queenless there was no brood Mm. there were no eggs Oh well. so at that point my options are go ahead (laughs) to combine or to just leave it and since I didn't I didn't I don't really want to add because it's a it's another whole box with hardly any bees in it. I didn't yeah. want to add that much empty space to any no. of my other hives before we right. hit this cold spell. Right. I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna let it go. It's gonna be what it's gonna be. I'm gonna let it go. If they survive through this next cold snout, whatever's left, I can combine. But I mean, I'm talking about. It looked like there was maybe two, three hundred bees in there, and that's about it. Any, there's any resources they put away in there I'll add those to another hive but I'm not um I'm not worrying about it I'm just gonna let it go so I gotcha that sounds
1: that <laughs> sounds reasonable
0: but my other hives look really strong and really good so hopefully this is the last hive I'm gonna lose this has been my worst season ever ever I've never lost this many hives and I really think it comes down to feeding um, feeding my summer, my lack of summer feeding. I should have been feeding in the summer. And I during did that not, dearth. I did not feed during the summer like I should have. I started, I waited too long mm-hmm. before I started. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm seeing the effects of that now. Yeah, yep. So I'm feeding, I'm feeding right now. But one of the things I was talking to some other people who had issues with their hives uh, falling over during the wind storms. A number of people actually ratchet strap their hives like they just, the whole hive itself, they wrap yes, it, yes, wrap it yes, together. Yes. So it's yes, not attached, It's not tied to the, so it's just so that if the boxes fall over, fall they over stay that it together. stays together. And I was like, okay, well, that's a good idea. And then you and I had talked about different, <laughs> different methods of, you know, if you get into I... a situation with super high, you know, super high winds are coming because it happens this time of year. We're in that temperature fluctuation where we're going to have storms with a lot of wind in them.
1: Yes. So I like your suggestion and I want to say your suggestion because, <laughs> um, everyone has a different setup for me. Um, some people, they have one big wood stand and yep. they just put the hives on top. And then I've seen where, what they do is they ratchet strap, like you said, around the whole entire hive. Um, uh, it becomes a heavy, a heavier unit that way. Yeah. And because obviously, um, some of the boxes, if they're lighter, those can pop off. Right. And that causes, then everything falls down. Mm-hmm. It just kind of, so um, but so people will ratchet strap the entire thing. The other thing is I saw some people have where they do have those one wood stand, they'll have like a support bars in between and they can ratchet it onto that. Yeah. So then the whole bench uh, stand is, and some of those people cement bound the stands to. they cement they cement the um the posts
0: into the, the posts ground into so the ground they,
1: yeah so that could also be option for people that are in those areas for me um like you said we have these crazy winds that'll come in i mean we have them every year so mm-hmm. it's no surprise to me you know that stand the way that it was it did amazing every single time with just the amount of weight that i had. Remember when it got so tall, it was because there was a ton of honey in there. So yeah. you're talking, you know, 50 pound at least per box, right? Yeah. Is that what we think? What is a medium full of honey? What is that weight?
0: I think it's, so you're talking about roughly six pounds per frame. So like 56, 56, yeah. Some, 60, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. you got eight frames, you know, So yeah. you, you, they're typically running around, it's running around 50 pounds, something like okay. that. Okay. All right. Medium, so
1: eight, exactly. So then, and then it's even more for my deeps. So when any winds came in, when it was all full, it's very heavy. That's why it's standing. Okay. Gotcha. And then during the Arctic storm, which was in December, it's still pretty heavy. Mm -hmm. wasn't fluctuations of hot weather where the bees were flying out. I mean, we had a little bit of that, but not really. Um, and they had tons of honey storage. So that was fine. And even during the frozen night, um, where it got minus two, or minus 15, whatever the wind <laughs> factor made it be. Um, Everything's stuck together because it's frozen. Yeah. You can't even unstick it. So I get that. But this was the first spring one where the boxes are feeling super light now. Yeah. The weight on top was just not enough. And the wind comes up underneath, you know, gets underneath the stand there and sit yep. it up because it's so light.
0: Yeah. It's and kind of, it. it's, it's kind of, tough, it's not as stable because it doesn't have as much, it doesn't have as much weight weight. because most of the honey stores and things they've gone through. So even with those pavers that you have sitting on top for weight, it's, it's just not not stable enough, especially with the height and the wind hitting it.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. So So your suggestion was really great. Anybody in my same suggestion where you, you have like your own stands. What I suggest is what's, you suggested to me. And I think it's a great idea, which is to take the blocks that have the holes in them and you the can concrete, put the, the concrete blocks, concrete yes, blocks. Mm-hmm. And you can, I would stack them in two on each side. Mm-hmm. And then, um, from the bottom to the top one, you know, put a loop in there
0: mm-hmm.
1: and go across the whole hive and then loopy loop on the other side And I, I hope that would be better, but I think for next year, I may not go, I may go two deeps and a medium as opposed to, I did two deeps, whoever made whatever honey was made from the bees that that's what they got. Mm -hmm. Plus their sugar. You just left it all on there. Yeah. I was like, that's your honey. You made it. It's all for you. (laughs) Um, But I think for that area, it's just too risky business. Yeah. Makes me nervous.
0: Well, and and like we were talking, we were brainstorming about ways to make it more secure, um, especially when we know we have high winds coming and and you're going to be sus- that hive's going to be susceptible. The problem with it is you can't put like there's like these little corkscrew um, stakes that you can put into the ground that have like big eyes on the top of them that you could hook through, but you can't do that because you're on a concrete pad. So we had to like brainstorm. Well, even into the ground, it would be too soft because it would have been like, Uh, that's that's a possibility. If you don't have it driven in far enough, it could be a problem because with the ground being wet, it could pull it out.
1: Yeah. But I mean, I, I have corkscrew things that are really thick and they wind like exactly like that for my, um, my bird stands. Uh Uh-huh. And they've got anchors on them. Plus it's a corkscrew and they have four anchors on them and they all got pulled out. Wow. Mm-hmm. So we
0: were brainstorming what we could do with that concrete pad and ways to help add additional you got security. It. And we were talking about the cinder blocks because you yes. can, you can, they have holes in them and they're heavy yes. and you can set them on either side of the hive and you can run a yes. ratchet strap over the top of the hive plus yes. you wrap the hive with a ratchet strap if you want to. And that would probably be be more secure than just putting a weight on top. But that is not something I think you have to do under normal conditions. I know we're talking about extreme conditions. When
1: we knew ahead of time too, they gave us the warning. They said for like two days prior, they said strong winds, strong winds are coming, possible tornadoes. Um, And they weren't kidding. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I almost felt like with that kind of wind you know it's funny the tornado is more of a vortex right so it uh-huh. spins up uh-huh. in like this like a volcano type uh-huh. of thing where the wind just comes in and it hits you like if you're holding a blow dryer you know <laughs> it's, it's more of it's, what we
0: call the straight line winds and we it's just a straight line up, wind Yes, and we get we can get uh huge straight line winds in front of storms
1: um here this time of year so that was they the strongest
0: can do, they can do as much damage as a tornado over a wider spread area
1: Yes. And also I understand for at least our area that was 17 years had gone by before we had, they had one like this 17 years ago, what they said. Well, let's hope we don't have any more. For No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I, I feel like I had such, I was challenged so much with all of my hives and the Arctic storm. I mean, one thing with weather, oh. I'm fine. I've got my <laughs> ventilation, but Arctic storm had not only, you know, the freezing minus two, minus 15 wind factor chill, but then we had um, the snow on top of it. You know, I was just like, that was sort of out of my norm. And because yeah, you're not, have,
0: you're not accustomed to a lot of snow for, from where you're from.
1: I'm not <laughs> accustomed to stressors like this. Like I don't even have that in San Diego. We did not have that. I had to worry about fires. That was what we were always concerned about. But me mm-hmm. being at the beach, you know, there was, it was highly unlikely it would get to me, uh-huh. but um, you know, and then we had earthquakes. We would have like those little shutters. Those were scary, yeah. but yeah. You know, and I was in the one in LA, so that was super scary. But me living in San Diego, I was like, I'm just gonna get the aftershocks, you know. Uh-huh. But so, here so, <laughs> so you've gotten
0: to you've gotten to experience all the other fun weather phenomena. It's <laughs> scary. I'm scared. <laughs> so we but, had we had wonderful summer heat last year and then we've had super cold winter and now we're getting to do um extremely high winds. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I will say luckily all my other seven hives or excuse me, six hives, they all were fine. Even that I have another one that's just as tall as that one, but it had the protection of my home. So that was fine. Mm-hmm. That was the only one that was out there and it's the first one in the line from the wind. Mm-hmm. So that made sense, but I might just not. And let me let me hear your thoughts on that. I was thinking like, maybe what I'll do is I'll just do two, two deeps and a medium plus the candy sugar board. And then if they run out of that one medium, I can always add on top another one. But when I say that, I almost like you never really do that because then you open up the hive and yeah. Well, I mean, if you've
0: got enough, if, if you end up with extra honey frames that you Mm -hmm. don't want to extract. Um, you could go ahead and wrap them and freeze them and if we have a good warm day that you know is coming up you could lay them out to thaw and then you could I have a I have
1: a freezer full of um maybe 20 16 frames I've honey. kept them for the uh, yeah I've kept them for the bees because I'm like you're supposed that's what they say you're supposed to keep it all and I'm well, like, you know, why am I not giving it to them now? <laughs> well, and then and you could right now is the time I to should. do that. A lot of I people should. who
0: have done that are giving the honey to their bees right now. So we yes. have a really good warm day. You can go out there and see I'm going do that. Sugar, you just pop them open and just, just thaw them out. Let them warm up to room temperature, you know, right. a day or so ahead of time. Yeah. And then just go out there and, and put those on there and let them have those, let them have their honey back. Yes. Um, that's a, that's a great plan.
1: So anybody that is a new ish beekeeper, I'm your person, because I'm going through the (laughs) same struggles that you would be going through. Um, I'm backyard, so I'm not, you know, commercial. And um, this is my first year with having more than one hive, because I always say this every time, but for any new listeners, you know, the first two beehives didn't make it due to mites. And then I had one. And that made it through winter last year with no food, just because I put, um, insulation and then on top, I had the sugar board Mm -hmm. of 10 pounds this year. I did 12 pounds. And, um, when I did open up that big hive, they had still sugar left. And I will say they are going into the sugar syrup and I left, they had a little teeny, um, thing that I didn't, I, that I forgot to put back into that hive, of sugar. And I put it by the sugar syrup. They are not touching the sugar. They want nothing to do with <laughs> no, it. No, they like, don't
0: care about the sugar as much. Cause I've kind want... of done the, I've done the same thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it's just, um, so it's new to me. Like, um, what did you, what you do with the honey stores that you saved? Cause I always tell you to save some honey stores for emergencies, um, save some drawn out, um, um, frames comb. comb, comb yeah. yeah. For, you know, emergencies. So I've got that in there, but um, like you said, next warm day after this last cold snap, I do think I can go into some of the hives that are just two double deeps. I could add a frame, a medium for them, let them start eating it so that they have it ready to go. They can eat what's there now. And then that'll be open for them to put the new fresh honey in. mm mm-hmm.
0: Anything that they're pulling in right now, um, because I've had, there's lots of discussions, you know, I follow a lot of groups and there's a lot of discussion. People are like, okay, you know, if I'm, if I'm feeding sugar water, um, I'm afraid it's going to get in my honey. And I'm, I'm like, it's not going to get in your honey, because right now everything they're bringing in, they're, they're, going, eating. they're eating. And, you know, some yes. people are like going, oh, let's add food color to it so we can see it in the frames. And I'm like, mm, I don't really want to. I don't really. I mean, you can. I don't really want to do that. Um, But it's the, a personal the, choice. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact of the matter is everything they're bringing in right now, they're eating through it. So you're not going to end up with, and and on top of that. I would agree with that. None of the boxes I haven't, I haven't started putting on what I call like the first box I put on that will be a honey super will be the, will be the box that I leave for them to have as food. And so if it has, if it happens to have some sugar water in it, it's going to be what they're going to feed, feed back to themselves anyway. It's not going to yes. end up in my honey production because I'm not right. going to pull that box, right? So my honey is not going to come from any of that. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter. That's not an issue. It's it's something that's in discussion now. It's like if you kept feeding them all through the spring in the spring flow, then yeah, I guess you could end up with some sugar water in your honey with that. But I'm not going well, to be able to get honey. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. if you
1: don't feed them, they're not going to. Yeah, I think there's a discussion across the board. Um, I listen. You do a lot of the discussion boards, like the Facebook groups and stuff. You're very active on there. I am listening to podcasts a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I see across the country, like, because they're all different areas and stuff. Yeah. I kind of hear what the consensus is. And plus, then I follow a lot of beekeepers on Instagram across the United States. And um, it's very, I seem to hear a big roar for people really recommending. This is the time, everybody where we're not into honey flow. The bees are, at least in the southern regions of the United States, um, the bees are getting these warm and cold snaps back mm-hmm. and forth. Mm-hmm. And during those warm um, times, they're out there looking and they're not finding because it's not out there in nature yet. Um, pollen yeah. is in our area, but not really the nectar, of course. It's starting. We're I guess- getting some,
0: but it's not a lot. But And their numbers need to build up. And we need their numbers to build up because we're going to hit the flow early this year, especially this year. And if they don't have the numbers to bring it in, if they're not being fed so they can build up their numbers, then we're not going to get the production that we want when the flow actually happens. Ding, ding,
1: ding, ding, ding. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So people are saying one of the biggest mistakes new beekeepers can make is not to feed their bees. And it, remember, we're only talking about um, there there's certain times during a dearth um, and small colonies that are like new trying to build them up. Um, we are not pulling, you know, honey. And then right now where we're getting warm weather and the earth has not, nature has not provided enough resources for them. Mm-hmm. But I will say this when I did go through my one hive, um, it was super light. They'd eaten all through their stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, and then I'm feeding every day. Um, I'm open feeding, um, <laughs> ask everyone, Can you I'm oh, open, no, you I'm be. open, I'm open feeding too. <laughs> But I, you know, again, I was super nervous about doing it, but I didn't want to open up my hives. I knew that I had the 12 pounds of sugar in there. I said, well, on warm days, they're all outside flying everywhere. So I thought, let's just entertain them a little bit by putting the Sarah, they went through it crazy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, so let me listen to what other people are doing. And so people, um, you know, who don't insulate their hives and have unsealed, you know, peeked in on a warm day into their hives. They have some of the 10 um, frame beekeepers to have those internal ones. Yeah. And then that's okay. Cause it's like yep. a, a frame, right?
0: Yeah. Yep. The internal
1: feeders. Um, right and that's okay they they you know for people um but when you have like for me where i have to turn it upside down the jar mm-hmm. and i feed on top if you have um these cold snaps that go back and forth you will the vacuum that is suctioned on there will be released in the mm-hmm. cold snap and it'll drip down on them so i can't feed the syrup inside
0: the, the method that you have you can't cur- you can't use with the cooler temps
1: I mean, and- I could do it if I want every single day to go out there in the warm, put it there and then undo it. But I have all these stones on top and it would be a nightmare. Yeah. And I have insulation in that box. I have to take it. it'd be too much work for me. So I tried it outside, you know, largely because you had done it and it's been working for years and years and years for you for very short times. You have a small window where you do do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you do it very safely. Um, again, th- this is... A personal choice. Mm-hmm. And, um, it really depends like what's around you. Um, if you're in a big, huge BR, that would be very bad, you know, but it works for me. It works for you. So that's what I'm doing until I see that they can handle life on their own. And then I pull those away. Well,
0: and the other thing I don't think people realize is if you're feeding sugar water, when the flow hits, a
1: lot of times- They don't even want
0: it. They'll like, when they stop taking it, then the flow has started. That's how you know the flow has started. Because they're going to want the the nectar is much better. It's what they prefer. So they're going to go for that over
1: what we're feeding them. Well, it's true because even if you put real honey frames, if I pull out those frames from last year- and I get it all night, some warm temperature and I put it back in there. I have heard, I don't have my own experience, but I've heard from other beekeepers that their bees will ignore it mm-hmm. because they want the fresh honey. Right. So right. the bees it's, aren't stupid. It's, They're it's smart. The, it's the
0: difference. It's the, <laughs> I like to say it's the difference between
1: fresh food and canned food. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Yes. So, you know, if they say that for pollen, I've put out pollen like in years past, um, and they have completely ignored it every single time. It wasn't until this year during like right after the Arctic storm mm-hmm. that I saw so many dead bees, you know, being cleaned out of the the hives. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, I need to build up their numbers. Mm-hmm. Let me just put this out if they want it, they want it. Because um, the Texas beekeeping um supply company, he does this amazing. Um, monthly journal. And he they have an online magazine as well. And he is a commercial beekeeper, but he gives always like his tips and thoughts and things that he should be doing, we should be doing. And it's kind of like the same area like us as far as uh, weather wise. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he just said during times of dirt or during if they have enough pollen inside their hive, they will not take the artificial stuff. They will not. Right. And it's only when they don't have enough that then they will go for it. So out of three years, this is the first year that they've actually gone for it. And then when I saw it coming in, I didn't put it out anymore. It's like, why bother? So, yeah, I think feeding is super important um, coming out of winter. Um, yeah. Putting and, 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 out I, there.
0: and I have gotten, I did get some questions. I actually attended uh, my beekeeping um, club meeting last night and we were talking some about the feeding issue as well and they were um, asking you know well why aren't you know why aren't we putting top feeders on our hives and The big issue here with our weather fluctuation and top feeders is you're not supposed to have those top feeders on your hive if the temperature is going to drop below fifty degrees at night. Just because part of that's because of condensation issues, Um, having a a cold liquid sitting on the top of your hive and then having the heat of the bees inside the hive, and it can it can uh, warm it up
1: and drop down.
0: It can create condensation and then you can have that whole raining effect on the inside of your hive, so your bees get wet and cold. Oh,
1: that's another thing I wanted to mention. You have on your hives, on on the top of your hives. Do you have the vented shims? I I do. I, well, I have um, I have the um,
0: the food, and then I had a um, like a quilt box situation, right? And then I have a um, a top inner cover. A vented top inner cover.
1: A vented top inner cover. Okay, so it, it's very
0: small, okay. um,
1: but but I, it works.
0: Yeah, but I found I actually found when I got in my hives this last time, um, the the sugar that wasn't eaten in the hive was the yes. sugar that was in the very center where because I throw like a. I'll call it like a little, it's not like, it's kind of almost like having a little pillowcase full of cedar chips. Yes. And so it kept the area dry because it was absorbing the moisture. Well, the yes. bees ate all the sugar where the sugar was absorbing the moisture. They ate that sugar, but that area where those, where that little package of cedar chips was at, they did not eat that because the sugar is not getting damp enough from their humidity for it to be soft enough for them to eat. So I actually took, I actually took all those out because, well, I think part of it's because I put more sugar on them this year than I've ever put on them. Good. So it's a huge block. It's like yours. It's like a 12 pound block of sugar. It's a huge block of sugar. Yeah. And... I think that sugar is absorbing so much of the humidity that they are producing that it's actually not, they're, they're not producing enough humidity to get it wet. So I actually pulled all that stuff out so that their humidity would actually make that sugar a little wetter so that they could actually eat it easier.
1: Well, listen so, to this. <laughs> so have... that was a
0: weird problem to run into. I've never had that issue before is that there's not enough condensation to make that amount of sugar wet enough for them to consume.
1: Wow. Here's my interesting observation for what happened when that hive that fell down. I was just in such a hurry to put it all back together. And and I was trying to take off any height that I could. So I took off the stand at the bottom and then I took off the vented shim at the top. Okay. Now, now I have um, two observations that I made. One of that issue. So I, so that was like Friday afternoon that that wind had knocked it over. And I left it all alone on Saturday. Didn't touch it. So it's on the ground and it doesn't have a vented shim. Okay. And then Sunday, 11, 12 o'clock, I went out there. And there was a lot of condensation that started to get like, you, know, you could see the the mold, the wind. I mean, the wet on the underside of the wood. Um, outer cover. cover. Under, yeah, outer cover and then on one side of the box. Now, mind you, I, I like you um, put a 12 pound um, block of sugar on there, (laughs) block of sugar. And then, um, then they have the inner cover with the hole in the center. And then over that is a medium box that the burlap that there's burlap that will absorb any kind of moisture going on. And then Over that, I have, and not fitted tightly, fitted loosely, I have um, a piece of insulation board. I broke it in two pieces, so it's sort of like a teepee a little bit there. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then you've got the shim where any of that heat would just evaporate out. Okay. With me not putting it there in that one day, there was that wetness there. So I was like, I can't even imagine how awful it would be if I didn't have that vented shim. Mm Mm-hmm for the whole like winter time, it would be not good. So I do feel like it's a better um, health thing <laughs> to yeah, not to make sure a wet well, hive.
0: Well, and that's the whole thing with the, you know, people talking about having ventilation in the hive, even through the winter is, yeah, you want to have some, some ventilation, some airflow in that hive through the winter to uh, help reduce the um, amount of humidity that's in there.
1: Yeah. So I feel like that was a good thing. And that, so that to me, my shims are doing its job and yes, you want to keep the shims. So I like that. The other thing that I noticed is regard, so I had two deep boxes full of bees. I had two uh, mediums full of honey stores and the 12 pounds. This hive has gone through everything. There was literally just a few little small pieces left Of the sugar. Yeah. So. It's amazing how much they've gone through this year. It's amazing. Well, they've gone through major, major weather storms, you know, multiple of times here. And we've
0: been pretty warm. I mean, we've had a really warm winter.
1: Yeah. But when we get those cold, they are brutal. They are not for the faint hearted. No. (laughs) So the fact that our
0: bees are active. I mean, our bees have been pretty active this winter. So the food stores have been. I mean, I don't, I don't think I would have. Well, I feel
1: like in January it was, it was on like Donkey Kong. I feel (laughs) like the bees got a a week of warm weather and then it went back to cold Then they got a week of warm weather again, or maybe 10 or two weeks. I mean, it was like, sorry, babes. I know you think it's like, it's time it's go time, but there's nothing (laughs) out there for you. And so I was, that's why I was like, okay, I'm feeding, I'm feeding. I don't care. I'm just feeding, yeah. but I didn't want to, I was so like stressed at the same time. Cause I didn't want to stimulate them to, you know, that I'm going to have swar- big, sw- I'm, I'm, I'm always going to go through swarming stuff, but I, I don't want to make it worse than it already is going to be. Shall we say, right. Yeah. yeah. Cause last year, my big, huge mistake was that I was feeding pollen Patty in this one hive from the very beginning of February, a large amount. And they just brooded up so much beyond their space yep. before we even hit honey flow. Yep. And I didn't know that they can't draw out honeycomb. I was, I mean, I have so much information. Why I forgot that is like stupid of me, <laughs> but they can't draw out honeycomb if they're not in honey flow to have anything to make that, you know, the wax with. Yeah. So that was like, Oh my God, that's like the dumbest rookie mistake I could have made. So (laughs) this year I'm like, Nope, we're not doing that again. So we're not putting any pollen patties in the hive. They want to come out and have some dry pollen. And that's the difference too, by the way, um, that I heard from people was that, um, dry pollen, they can, they can store it. So if they need it, then they have it for the future. If you give them pollen patty, they eat it and consume it right away and may not necessarily be utilized. And also, if you get a cold streak, a cold snap, and they can't go out, they keep that in their, in you know, in the in the hive there, the poop, and that's not good. So either they don't poop or they poop in the hive or something like that. So I don't know. That's just what I've heard. But I, <laughs> I'm like not doing pollen patties, and I say it has worked out amazing for me. So <laughs> well, I mean- you, you did find a successful way to multiply your hives. <laughs> yeah one mistake and we're done i'm like no more bees i seven hives is my max i cannot handle anymore and you know going into merging into swarming season now you know um you're holding your breath a little bit i have nearly nothing to add here in this conversation (laughs) because i i'm now i don't want to have anyone do what i did last year um which is a big mistake ended up becoming my benefit of seven hives, but it was every day at between nine and 11. Um, there was a swarm going on for this one week. And, um, it was just very, I I'm, I'm still traumatized from the stress of it all, but feeling so blessed with all that I have. But then I'm like, now are they all going to like double up on me? What am I gonna do with all these bees? I got to, you know, nuke them up and then find homes for them because they are not staying here. <laughs> uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I can talk more about it, but you can do your, your situation, your history and your so advice.
0: I do, a, you know, I do, if people are interested in catching swarms and they can, uh, there's a couple of different locations online. You can post that you are someone who um, comes and collects swarms. Um, I get a I get a lot of phone calls through that. Um, and it's a great way to get free bees. I would actually say that where we're located right now, this is one of the things I'm fixing to do is is I'm gonna start posting on uh Facebook next door any of those kind of sites that we're heading into swarm season, because if people are outside and they see a swarm of bees, they can be very intimidating. The thing is, is this is when they're at their most mellow. They don't really care about you unless you've got somebody who is like throwing rocks at the swarm or some way agitating the swarm. If you just are walking by, they're they're doing their own thing. They could care less about you. But this is a good time to educate the public and to get your name out there. So, you know, go ahead and post um, some information about it you know, if you want to put your contact information, so if they see a swarm, they can contact you. Um, it is a great way to get free bees, and it's a lot of fun to go and catch swarms. Um, I think we'll probably do, um, I need to probably do a full discussion on how I go about collecting swarms and what that looks like. I don't know if I want to necessarily get into the whole deal with that right now, but we are heading into swarm season. You know, If you start seeing a lot of drones in your hives, you'll see those before they start getting ready to to, uh, create queens because you have to have enough drones in the environment before you can have queens in the environment. I got Uh, a lot. I had. (laughs) I had a lot of of drones. So (laughs) we are definitely heading that direction. Yeah. Yeah. We're expecting, um, I'm really expecting to start having swarm calls, potentially the very next super warm spell that we have here. So that's probably going to be... Um, after I think we're going, I think it's going to be the highest temperature is going to be in the fifties for this next week. So I'm, if the temperatures go up above 60, I would imagine that I'm going to start hearing people have swarm calls. Um, you
1: gave some good advice to me, um, again, cause I've never had swarm traps out, um, last year when they swarmed, they swarmed in a tree. The first mm-hmm. time was very high up in the tree, And, you know, because I only had that one beehive, I was like, I didn't want all my bees leaving me. And I couldn't even, I would have had to get on a waiting list to buy bees because it was too late in the season already. But, um, but I didn't want to have to go through that again. So this year at the hive conference, I bought those two bee traps or swarm traps. So you gave me advice to say, um, I was thinking, oh, should I put, there's some trees behind the, um, the bees. And you were like, no, no, no. When they go out their hive, there's a tree in front. Yeah, go there. I was like, oh yes. So that was a big uh, nugget that yeah. you gave me. Well, we're gonna to tr- we're gonna try that out. We're
0: gonna try because my swarms when my hive swarm when my hive swarm if I don't get to them and my hive swarm, I have certain locations where I know that they go almost every single time. So that's where I'm planning on putting my swarm traps this year. So instead of me having to run out there and go, oh my gosh, I have a swarm. Let me go get my stuff and get them in a box. Yeah, I'm going to try to actually put the box in the location where when they leave and go, and they typically kind of go straight out from their hive in front of their hive. They don't typically circle around the back and go out behind it. They go kind of straight out the front. And so if you have, if you have a plant or a tree that they typically land on, that's where go, i'm
1: gonna place mine i'm gonna go back to, for the front they went in that magnolia tree every time mm-hmm. but that but that particular hive was right next to the magnolia tree so but i'm gonna go back because i think it's got the bee smell on there somehow <laughs> you know yeah. it might be gone by now but still i feel like that was a a, a a tree that they went to so i'm gonna keep um i'm gonna put one trap in there and then um and are you I'll gonna poke. put are you gonna go ahead and try to put a swarm lure on the inside? Yes, I'm gonna do the cheap route, which is to take the lemongrass and put that on a cotton ball, put that in a small Ziploc sandwich bag with poking a few holes. Holes in
0: it so it oh, doesn't holes, dry out.
1: Mm-hmm. So it doesn't dry out. Well, the poking the holes in it is so that it can it, can it lets this it lets the scent out but without it, it yeah. drying it without, you know, if you put a cotton yes. ball in
0: there without it being in a plastic bag, it's going to dry out pretty yes. quick.
1: Yes. But, um, I'm going to go, I'm going to leave them natural. I'm not going to paint them a color. I've got this, um, it's an all natural it's made in Vermont and it's, it's something that's made from plants or something. It's and the deal. Is it the deal? that they're it's not, using. It's, it's not a dip. You have to brush it on. It's thin like water. Okay. You do a few coats of it. I'll, I'll post a picture of it and put it on my um, Instagram, beekeeping underscore like a girl. And um, you guys can take a look at it for people that don't want to paint hives. But um I know I painted my hives, all a bunch of different colors, because when um, you send out your Queens to get mated um each of them having a different color I've heard makes it easier for them to go back to their correct hive. Mm-hmm. And then I had them in addition to that um facing did the different directions if they were near each other instead mm-hmm. of like all being facing one direction because then there's a lot of like um You get drift You get drifted from one hive to the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I'm going to say to you, you know, I talked to you earlier about um about in the summertime I had a couple of times that there was a there was um, efforts to um what robbing, you know, robbing. Uh-huh. and I, I made my, they did not get their way. I ended up stopping it both times, uh, with putting a, a wet sheet over the entire hive, closing up, of course, um, the front entrance. And, um, my other mentor, Ellen, she suggested I take Vicks VapoRub and rub it around the bottom of the hive and around the um the edges of the top of the hive you know near the roof roof yeah. line yeah and she said what that does is then they don't smell that honey coming from there that 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 Vicks vapor rub that menthol smell it's detracts, basically a co- it's basically a cover cover up it covers the
0: smell uh, or the it, scent
1: mm-hmm. uh huh and it makes it very difficult for the foragers that are trying to steal to like say oh it's over here. Somehow they're just, it's all a big mix and the, and then the wet hive, the sheet then is tied up there on the bottom and it just makes it, um, again, that's another protection to like a smell thing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, they can't put their pheromones out or something like that. So between the two, that, that did work for me. Um, I forgot like, about that
0: vapor rub.
1: Yeah. The vapor As rub. a scent
0: concealer. That's a really good idea
1: hmm. So I was thinking about moving. So they're n- right next door to each other, just like super next door to each other facing different directions. But those hives now are going to turn into big bubba hives. Mm-hmm. So I was like, OK, in my mind, I'm like, OK. It will be easier if I just make another stand or another cement space, if I could just snap my fingers, I'm like, boom, <laughs> just do that. You're like, that's what I want to do. But then <laughs> but it- the logistics of it is like, OK, I'm going to have to move the hive over. I'm sure they'll, I could slowly inch, inch, inch over, but then I'm just making, I don't even think it's going to make, I'm just starting to think, I'm like, you're not moving it that far over. Is it going to make that, that big of a difference? a difference? It's not <laughs> because you would have, I mean, cause I'm not talking. Except for
0: making it easier for you to work it all the way around if that, if it's where you're standing. But other than that, well, I, I don't work. Know if it'll make a big difference or not.
1: I, I don't, I used to work from the back of the hive, Mm -hmm. but now in the front, so I do that with the ones that are in the, um, in the side, you know, forest, I call them that the forest apiary and the forest apiary. I can work all those. They're all facing the front now and, um, they're angled a different, each one has a different angle, but they're all facing one direction. So I do work those hives from the back, Mm -hmm. the hives, um, that are here in the front, they go from south to north and then from west to east so it's two and two mm-hmm. and i work those from the sides i actually stand off to the side and, and i work them from the side end. the end of the day is when you're in when you're trying to do an inspection during dearth um and not i'm not talking the severe because the fear severe dearth. i'm not doing nothing i'm leaving it alone and i'm usually treating um for mites during that time like it's a just Soon as honey flows over, boom, treat, treat, um, yeah. Now I will say, um, the mite as the bees are growing, the mites are growing, Yep. And I really would have. I've seen, um, the Texas bee guy. He just did a video of recent for March, where I can see he's treating with the apivar strips in there, and I'm like, yeah, but I just kept feeling he could do that because he didn't have honey supers on or yeah. he was just treating the whole hive even with the honey supers on and yeah. he just may not use those honey supers
0: yeah he but, may mark them as not usable
1: yeah but i have the honey supers on and a majority of the hive so i'm not going to half treat one part of the group and then not treat the other it's just gonna they're all going to get diseased again it's useless you need to treat them all at one time that's been my my experience thing. Yeah. In my experience, so I'm going to go off of treat all at one time. So I wanted to treat only one time a year. And I don't think that's going to happen because I've come out of winter and I'm seeing some dead mites on my boards, on my mm-hmm. um, insert boards. And if I'm seeing dead mites there and the population is growing, it's and the be... mutt population is growing. They're both totally, growing. Yeah. totally. Yeah. If so you're raising I'm... bees, you're raising mites. That's right. So I am just crossing fingers because I'm not trading right now because I've got honey supers on. And um, I did have, there
0: was a comment made um, that we had a discussion in the, in our bee group that was a really good idea. And for people who use oxalic acid, you know, because you have to do that when there's almost no uh, brood brood production to really make it effective. And they were discussing, um, you know if you catch a swarm or if you get a um a package of bees yes that's a good time to treat for it with oxalic acid like do yes. like a one time treatment if you're going to yes. treat yes because there's no brood there you're going to actually get all the bees 100% of your and bees
1: and you are should get be treated. doing that Yeah, that's right and you should be we've had that we personally um not on on the air we had that conversation because you were like look i'm catching Um, you know, swarms, Mm -hmm. and you were saying like I have the bees that you had up until that point. All of your bees have been treatment free and have been yeah. You haven't been having big losses or anything. And I actually don't think the the
0: majority of the losses I had this year were just from no moths. I think a lot of it was the. I think it was feeding. feed. I think it was feeding yes. is what it came down to, but that doesn't mean that the additional stress of the varroa mites have not also played a part in that.
1: So, if you're going to treat well, you brought in, I was just trying to make the point that you brought in all these swarms and you did not treat those swarms, and you could have, and you had a lot more bees in your yard mm-hmm. than you had in previous years. So, with the dearth, with the mites in combination of more bees, I think it's a whole, that whole, all of it together made things worse. Yeah.
0: It it can make things, but uh, you
1: were saying that you were going, you were, you're like, you know what I think I'm going to start doing is if I'm catching swarms and I already have an established apiary here at my home, you were going to treat those hives or no, were,
0: I'm not going to no, treat them. I'm going to quarantine them. I actually, gonna I'm, I'm going to move them to, I'm going to bring them into a different location. So I have okay. another location now where I can place my hives. I can place okay. swarms. So any swarm that doesn't come from my own bees, I'm thinking about bringing those in just so that I'm not mixing them in with my current population. So right. that that is definitely something I am looking at doing for this season.
1: Well, I am um, interested to hear the results after it's over. It's always it's always a learning experience, right? Like you try this and you try different. that uh-huh. and see how this works. See if that doesn't work. Something something sticks. Some things don't. So um, for me, my insulation, I love. I also love my vintage shims, and I'm a huge fan of the candy board. And. But with me, I'm going to treat. Now, I've now learned from last year that because I only treated once last year, except for those two hives that I treated too early, those got mites just before fall. And I had to treat those again very late in the season. So the other hives that were treated a little bit later, but again, those were all brand new hives. Mm -hmm. They were all queenless for a while. So that Nature kind of did it for me. Yeah. You you had a, you had a break and brood. I I had a break and brood for quite a while. So, um, those other hives got treated later, but now all the bees, even the ones that were late season, the mites are there again. So as soon as honey flow is over, I'm going to treat, but I know they're going to come back before (laughs) fall again, because that's going to happen. They're going to, as soon as I take out that treatment, um, that'll be for six weeks. I'll be somewhere in August again, and then I'll build back up again. And I feel like by September, I'm in trouble again. And I don't think I have enough strength in my hives to wait until, because once they hit that threshold where it gets super high mite load, yeah, and then they start going down in bee production yeah. because it's coming into fall, yeah. that's when you start to hit the diseases and all the other craziness. It becomes-
0: It's at that point that's kind of your breaking point for your hives.
1: But just talking about that just now, just let me think of something.
0: (laughs) Okay. You had an inspiration.
1: (laughs) So if the, what I could do is do exactly what I did last year. I could wait till July 1st, because it's not when mite loads are going. I mean, when the brood is going down, they're still at the height of production. That's Mm -hmm. what I did last year. Yeah, that I'm only cheating once
0: we'll have to go, you'll have to go back and listen. I think you just felt like you were a little bit early, like you should have waited maybe Well, two
1: hives, the two hives, which were the first two hives that I hit those hives. I hit the end of June. Okay. Okay. That was immediately following uh, production because I had seven hives. I don't like to do everything at one time. Yeah, it's a lot. I, you know, I'm just, you're staggering. Well, you know what it is? The workload is not that bad. It's in the hundred plus degree weather (laughs) and 90% humidity. That's that's
0: part of your workload
1: (laughs) that I just like, I'm like, I can't take it. I could, I could only be out there for so long before I literally am like burst. My, my face is like, bread as the reddest be tomato red. pasta yeah it's like you know pasta sauce you know <laughs> and I feel like I'm boiling in pasta sauce
0: but this is part of the reason you pr- would probably prefer not to have seven hives for what you're trying to take care of if you were closer, for my, if you were more like five hives that would probably be a little bit easier for you to handle yes
1: for me I am not I mean I got into beekeeping because I wanted to make wax to use in my um cosmetic company um, luscious bath candy. And I was making soaps and lotions and bath bombs and things of that nature. So for me, rather than buying it, I'm like, oh, let me just make my own. Oh no, and at the same time, I'm gonna get some honey out of it. Great. And and I really thought you only need two hives for what you really need, but then you need two backups because the bees always die um of mites, this, that, and the other. But <laughs> Well, here I am, you know, for the last (laughs) two years, nobody's died. I just keep seem to be adding. So, um, and I feel very blessed. Let me say, that's not a bad thing. That's a really great thing. And I'm proud of being able to accomplish that, but it's not without blood, sweat and tears, right? Uh So the first two hives that I hit, what I found out is because I um, treated those hives the end of June, then I waited a little bit and I staggered. I did the next two, like a week later, the next two, a week later. Um, but it was more, I think, I think I did three and then three and I was done, um, or something like that. Anyways, I know that the ones that I did in July, like the second week in July, I didn't have to retreat, but the first two hives that I hit, um, in the, in the end of June, those two hives, I had to retreat again. And so I used thymol with those ones. And, um, but again, I'm all back to square one again. So I'm going to have to really talk to some people um, because I know that our friend Gigi, they waited late in the season before they treated. Yeah. But I know that they do two treatments. I think they treat like July, August. So they're, so they're treating as close to they can get, but before the winter bees are starting to be born and the numbers drop. Yeah. So, so they, so they do that. And then I think their second treatment is December, but I'm gonna have to double check with her.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because our second and kind treatment of re- is the oxygen. Kind of acid. Back and re-
0: go back and review that a little bit and see. Right. But they're not leaving treatments.
1: That's right. And they're not leaving honey supers on. So that's the difference between me not treating in December is because I'm leaving honey supers on. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to, as much as they say that you can do that, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that.
0: Yeah. No. And now Uh, there's
1: a new drip method that you can do with oxalic acid. I know nothing about it. I mean, I'm reading about it. I know something about it. I'm just, the U S has not um, approved it yet, but I don't ever want to have chemicals approved or not approved that are going to be in something that I'm going to consume. Cause I don't need to have 20 years later that, Oh, you've got cancer. And what are they really going to spend millions of dollars, billions of dollars doing studies on, you know, treating who, who, what benefit of that? It's not going to benefit anybody you yeah. know, to have that done. Studies are usually done because it benefits a medicine that's coming out for a certain something, something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or unless they're just trying to approve the treatment um, right. for, for the bees, since it's a, it's a treatment they're going to release, they'll do a little bit of a study, but that's not necessarily a long-term study for long-term effects. No, it's so. not.
1: It's, it's a, it's a study that was done on the bees. It's not a study that is like saying it's human. Is it okay for human consumption? Do I want to be the one? You know. (laughs) Do you want to be the experimental case? No, (laughs) No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So,
0: yeah. So I'm gonna post. I'm gonna do a um, a little thing on swarms, um, and post it on our um, Facebook page. Um, Okay. I'll, I'll post it on our Facebook page and, and my behaven P- Facebook page. So if anybody wants to come and copy it and what paste about it your... up for information, I'm gonna do that. Okay. So that's so if somebody wants to be since we need to kind of start informing the public that swarm season is on its way, because that's kind of the issue. Swarm season is on its way. And so I'll try to try to come up with some kind of informational thing that if somebody wants to just copy and paste it onto their stuff, they can yeah um i'll put it out in a lot of different places so you can come and pull that if you want and, and spread it around uh yeah. and, and add your own things to it if you want to put your your, your own contact information or whatever.
1: i don't have i mean from yeah for other people to put their contact yeah. information in. Yeah. yes 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 and um, i think that's i think that's a good idea so i want to i want to do that Free these catch swarms <laughs> and then watch people you can watch people in fact our um I think it's not this one, but maybe the next one in April for um, our beekeeping group. Um, They're going to teach how to do a cutout for anyone interested. yeah, Anyone interested in that, that will not be me. I will not be there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I contemplated that when I first started keeping bees and then I decided that. Because I have a little bit of construction background. So yes, some, of it I, some of it I could absolutely do. Um, and I was like, you know what? I don't know that I really want to do that. Could I do it? I could You've absolutely You've got your hand it. To in two cookie
1: jars. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like,
0: you know, I, I don't know that I really want to do I mean, because some of the cutouts they're doing are from the outside. So you're having to be on ladders and you're having to. And I'm like, you know, some people do them. From, like some of them you can do from the inside. You just cut through drywall. And that's not such a big deal. But it's i don't think it's some something I, I really want to do so i have i have contacts that when i get those calls i just like feed them out to other people to take care of i'm like i will go catch a swarm catching swarms are great they're fun um they're easy and uh, maybe our next maybe i'll talk in depth about um how i go about getting swarms in our uh next discussion but, um, yeah, uh cutting out, not for me. And, you know, uh, the club that our um, our club that's in Nashville, they're going to actually do a course on raising Queens and I, yes. and I'm going to, I'm looking at going and sitting through that class, but am I going to ever raise Queens? No,
1: I'm not planning on ever raising Queens. <laughs> I want to sit in that class too, just cause I think I've read enough books on raising Queens, but I, you need to have, um, Another another Avery yard, yeah. To do that in, again, you know, you have to have all this. You need to have friends that have property, or you need to have like. But this another... is all leaning toward
0: the com- more commercial uh, people. Want yeah, to keep a com- more of a commercial level of beekeeping, yeah. and I yeah. like to have my hands in it just so that I can. I like if somebody asks me a question, I feel more well informed about it.
1: Absolutely, but yes,
0: that's not really what I want to do with my bees I don't want to be at that level I would love to be between 15 and 20 hives that's where I kind of want to be but do I want to be at the level where I'm like raising tons and tons of bees and selling nukes and doing all that no that's really not where I'm going so no. you kind of have to know what you want to do with your bees um, I know that well, right. you the really want to process. stay around you would really like to stay around five hives and that's a great number of hives for a backyard beekeeper.
1: Yeah, that was what my friend had told me. She said you could handle four to five hives. She says I think that would be perfect for you. That's sustainable be- because if you lose a couple hives, then you can split those other couple hives that are left, go back up to four or five. Because you never want to windle down to like your last two, because then then you're down to the you know it's the hard. The bank. It's hard, right? Yeah. So with the seven hives, because I feel like that's what God gave me and that's what <laughs> I was supposed to have. So I'm like, okay, fine. I will take the best care that I can of all of these hives, and they've all come out and then I start to get really stressed of like, um, what am I gonna do with all these extra bees? You know, and then what if so okay, I'm like, I've spent a lot of money last year and all of this equipment and wooden wear, etc. And I'm not interested in repeating that again. <laughs> so if I don't do the new um if these bees since they've all come out, I'm like if they're Once they get really strong, you need to really split them. You You do have to split them. You either have to create create a false
0: swarm condition or they're going to swarm on their own.
1: Right. But I feel looking at my biggest, strongest hive right now and knowing that they have plenty of room and all of it, I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good. Now i got to go look in front and I got to look at all the hives because I can't make a judgment, you know, real call. But um, they might not swarm this year, or they just could because they just want to swarm, regardless of yeah, they have room or not. Yeah. You know, some bees are just their bread, you know, they're like that. And yeah. I know that with mine, they're a Russian, um, Italian mix, he said. So, um, he goes, They do have Russians do have a swarmy in this situation. The, they're, they have uh-huh. to be more swarmy, yeah, yep, yep. And he said, His are definitely a little bit of swarmy there. So, that so we'll see what happened plays out this year. But again, I'm not really in I have five nukes that I'm ready to go. Um, should the need arrive, but I do not want to get stuck with them. So I'm <laughs> like, I will be selling them to re- just to get the money back of like what I've put out for uh, all this. And stuff, that's a good you know? option. That's a good option. So do,
0: you know, because right- but imagine
1: if I get stuck with that and, and, and then nobody, not that nobody wants it. Cause you can always give them away for free at the end, yeah. you know, but, um, but yeah, it's just a lot of work and so on. So, well, but right we'll now a
0: package is going for at least one hundred and fifty, and your nukes are right around two hundred. So, two hundred to two twenty five at least. At least, yeah. So that's yeah. that's not unusual, That's kind of well, the I wouldn't be high. I would, so that's I, it's a it's a good way to recoup some of your um, investment.
1: Yeah, and let's not talk about the sugar expense <laughs> that has gone up the sugar bat the 25 pounds are now um costco and walmart are the same they're both 16 dollars and a few pennies a bag yeah and uh, we're going through quite a lot <laughs> yeah i'm going through uh seven quarts almost a day not quite but almost and then um then the cost of to treat the bees yep um my time obviously they're my my, my backyard beekeeper it's not it's not an issue. It's not. But it's
0: not an inexpensive um, hobby to have.
1: No, no. I mean, obviously, the cost of all of the woodenware, the this, and then you got to replace things, and you got to throw things away. So there is a constant upkeep on that, which I'm just like, I'm looking at, it, I'm going, that's times seven. That's times seven uh-huh. for you. It'll be times fifteen. But you do sell quite a bit of honey.
0: I do. I have, and I did not do that until, and it took me several years to get to the point where I would was actually selling honey. Um, yeah. but, uh, and I'm not ever at this point going to sell enough to recoup what i put into <laughs> it for years.
1: A, everybody, just so that, you know, I hope it's not about the honey. You're <laughs> going to be able to quit your job because at the end of the day, these big, huge commercial guys that are out there, um, I mean, they're making a living, but certainly it's a struggle. It's a lot of work.
0: It's a lot of work. It's it's true of a lot of farming industries, but this is one of the yes. few where you can have like from going from fall to spring, you can you have to think of it as livestock. You could have you could have between forty and sixty percent losses of your livestock from one season to the right. next. And yeah. it's not considered a really sustainable um business. Business that way. I mean, so they no. have you have to put a lot of work into it to get um to, to make it work as far as it being a business. And there's people who do it, but it's a lot of work. It's like, it's like, it's like I say, with any type of farming, it's a lot of work. So,
1: well, interesting that the, um, the commercial industry to try to, so not only are they treating, you know, to make sure that they're treating so that they're not losing those losses, but they're also, cause they don't have time to insulate all their hives. Um, like the Texas beekeeping guy, he has got a huge warehouse, I think it's in Dakota. Yeah. And he cuts the cheapest place you can get.
0: Yeah. They're and overwintering. They will,
1: uh-huh. They will overwinter um their entire lot. It's a I mean it's massive. It's yeah. like I don't even thousands know. of bees, massive. thousands of bees. You know. Thousands yeah. of hives, thousands of hives. Yeah, thousands of hives. I think it's like 3,000, 4,000 hives or something are in that building. And they have it at tet- set for the temp and set for the humidity that they want. Mm-hmm. And they overwinter them like that. And but that's an expense. Yeah. You know, that you have to come up with that building and come up with that. And then you're paying for the heating and the humidity and all that kind of stuff. Yep. But they're making their money through the almond production in California. And then they're doing the the apples and
0: a lot of uh-huh. their money, a lot of the money that's made from bees, um, is not from honey production, that's kind of a secondary pollination. It's pollination contracts, it's all pollination yeah. contracts. So, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Well, anyways, I think we have covered our topics for about- the day, yes, yes. <laughs> Well, it is again. So, um, I we see that we're getting some new listeners. So, we welcome you. And um, again, if you guys have any questions that you or topics that you would like to go over, anything more in detail, please DM me at beekeeping underscore like a girl on Instagram. You can also get a hold of us if there's any females out there. We have a Facebook group called Lady Beekeepers of the South, and um, and then we have our own. Uh, Facebook group for the tea about bees, and um, we'd love for you guys to post um, some of your beekeeping, your hives, or anything beekeeping related. Pictures of flowers uh, with bees on them are
0: great. Awesome, <laughs> we love it. <laughs> anything you want to post up there, we would love to look at. Uh, we yes. we appreciate our listeners' uh, interactions
1: with us. Yeah and again everyone we highly recommend that you are joining your local bee clubs and um, getting connected with what is in your region in your area and um, happy beekeeping everybody happy beekeeping that's it for this week's
0: episode thanks for joining us and we hope you come back and spend time with us again